Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I want, we're going to continue our series on the kingdom of God. I felt a shift taking place in my heart. I felt like we needed to just take a, a moment and talk about prayer. I want to talk to you about the subject of prayer and accessing God, but there's three elements to prayer that we all need to know as believers. Very, a very healthy, there's three healthy truths that we need to understand as Christians and in relation to prayer. Note this, that God moves through prayer, that God is looking for a praying people. Jesus drove out the, the money changers in the temple, and we know he quoted Isaiah 56, 7. This is something that is dear and near to our hearts as a church. Somebody say amen. amen. Isaiah 56, 7 says this, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. How many know that that is everywhere we go? Our home should be a house of prayer. This church is a house of prayer. We are called to pray. We are called to cry out to God. We are called to prophesy to dry bones. We're seated in heavenly places in him, and we have authority in prayer. If we're not using our authority in prayer, then we're not ready to release the kingdom of God in the earth. In order to see the move of God, the reformation and revival that he wants to do in the earth, we've got to understand what we're sharing today in the element of prayer. Intercessors, I want you praying, please, right now. Hebrews 4.16, if you could put it up front, and Rashad, I'd like you to read that. Number one element and truth that we need to understand is prayer. We have access. You have a backstage pass. You have full access. Say full access. Listen, religion will try to limit your access. Religion will try to get you in a place where you think that you've got to pay penance to get back to the place where you can talk to God. That is a lie. We do it in the natural. If we hurt someone, we say, you know, just get me back. Go ahead, hit me. I accidentally hurt my wife, and I'm saying, just hit me back. Get me back. We do it with God sometimes. We got the hit me back mentality. When he's forgiven us of everything, he has washed us with the blood of the lamb. How many people in here understand what that is? Okay, then you're way too quiet. He's washed us with the blood of the lamb. Hello? I don't know about you, but if I was you, I'd stand up and shout right there. Because I know some of y'all had a pass. Some of y'all, you, you, if you just thought for a minute of the goodness and faithfulness of God, you'd probably run around the room. But what happened when Jesus died on the cross is the veil was torn just a little bit. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on. The veil was ripped in half. No, no, it just went from here to about right here. The veil that contained the presence of God ripped from top to bottom, and sometimes we stitch it up with religion. It says, oh, well, God's mad at me, so I can't pray. No, you have access. Read the scripture in Hebrews 4.16, Rochelle. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's read it together. Let's read the word of God. There's power in the word of God. Are you ready? Let's read together. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You need to write that verse down. Every time you feel discouraged, you need to write that verse down. The Bible says that we can have grace to help in the time of need. The grace of God is not just something that's there for us like unmerited favor. That is a, a poor and a, a very, uh, it's just a limited definition of the grace of God. See, the mercies of God is him forgiving you. The grace of God is him get, writing you a spiritual check for a million dollars, all the resource and power you need to live out in the earth. You have grace to help. You have access to everything you need, church. And the throne of God right now can be accessed by you drawing near. 
we have access. This is so important that we understand that God opens doors and we need to walk through them. It's so important we understand that some doors require a key. The Bible says we have the keys of the kingdom. He has given us authority. He's given us total access. His kids have access to his throne. I don't know about you, but my kids have access to me all the time. I love them. No matter what I'm doing, if they need something, if, if I know it's, it's, it's actually something that's important and they need something, and it's not like they just want a piece of candy or something, but they need something, they can interrupt me no matter what I'm doing. If my kids, they have access to me. I had this thought that I was sitting here and just adoring one of my daughters and just loving on her and looking at her hair, and I said, you know, God has so much time and so much love focused on us that he can count every hair on our head. You say, well, no, he knows everything. The Bible says, Jesus said, he knows every hair on your head. But listen, in context, Jesus was not talking about the omniscience of God. He was talking about the value of people. That you're the focus of his love, and he has that much time on his hands to just sit and count every single hair on your head. In relation to that, think about the access you have to daddy's throne. I saw somebody put it on Facebook, Mike Cartwright, that you're going to come, not just sit at his feet, you're going to end up in his lap. Come on, I love, I like that. I liked it. Like, like, I wanted to like it like three times, but then I would have unliked it and then liked it back. And hey, Facebook, you have access to God. Say access. This is such an important truth in prayer. We don't have to pray through grandma. We don't need to ask grandma to pray for us. You don't need to pray to Saint, Mary, Saint whoever, this Anthony. I was raised Catholic. That's okay. You don't need to pray to a saint. You have access to the Father. The creator of the universe is just waiting for you to come to him in prayer. Just waiting for you. Oh, just tell me what you want. All, all over the gospels, Jesus says, ask anything and I'll give it to you. Ask anything, I'll give it to you. What do you want? Ask him. Ask him, we have access. I want us to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Go ahead and read, Rochelle. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Wow. You are members of the household of God. It says you have access by one spirit to the Father. I want you to read that. Let's read that part together, that we have access by one spirit to the Father. If you could put it back up there, please. Okay, ready? Let's read the top part. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Let's read it again like we believe it together. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Lord, we thank you for access. Now listen, I want to share something with you because we we talk about access. It's one thing to know we have access. It's another thing to access what we have. You remember when I preached the message about, some of you remember about an open door, God's opening doors. And and what do we need to do when he opens the door? We need to walk through it. We can't just sit and talk about, oh, look how beautiful the, the other side of that open door is. Look what's over there. We need to actually access it. How do we access it? We access it with a hungry heart. Number two, persistence. You see, there's this tension in Scripture between knowing that we have an inheritance in God, knowing that we have access, knowing that he loves us, and then the the counterpart is knowing that he's calling us to be hungry for more of him. He's calling us to be persistent. He's calling us over and over. You see in Matthew, ask, seek, and knock. Knock, be persistent. I want to read the story of the persistent widow 
in the context of this is the kingdom of God. We're talking about releasing the kingdom through prayer, through knowing our access and being persistent. You see, there's this tension between the two. There's something interesting all throughout the Bible. You'll notice this, that there are tensions between things. And a tension between things, sometimes in my heart and in my mind, I see it like a bow and arrow. I see that without the tension, the bow would have no strength to actually launch out an arrow. So there is a tension between access and persistence that we need to get. So let's talk about persistence looking at the story of the the persistent widow in Luke chapter 18. Go ahead and read. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him through, though he bears long with them? Hold on, hold on. Read that again. Listen, listen. This is the context. It's an evil judge who does not care about people. But because of the persistence of this woman for justice, say justice. Justice. That's very key in prayer. If your motive is divine justice, oh, he's going to answer. And if you're hungry and persistent, he's going to answer. It's about time we begin to stir up justice in our prayer. I'm not just petitioning God, will you bless me? I need a new job. God, and, that, and he loves to answer those prayers. He loves to bless his kids. Let's start praying divine justice on those that are oppressed in our community. Let's start doing something about it. Let's get a righteous enmity and indignation against the powers and principalities that are running rampant. I was listening to Karen Blake, our main intercessor and prayer warrior, and she's gathering the intercessors. Get ready, saints. She's gathering the intercessors. She said since she's lived in the heart of what we call inner city Henderson, which really ain't that ghetto. It ain't like Compton or nothing, but, you know, we call it inner city. But she lives right over here on Burkholder. She said since she's lived there, all the drug dealers in her area, have been busted. Why? Because her prayers are powerful, bringing justice in the earth, and they're bringing down the spirit of pharmakia, which is a funky, funky devil that's, that's, that's over this region. Yeah, and we're going to bring it down because we're going to pray justice. So in context, I want you to read verse 7 again because it's so profound to me that she's persistent. And, and listen, Jesus is saying, if the wicked judge will bring justice for the widow's persistence, how much more will God bring justice to his elect? Hello? Amen. Are you his elect this morning? You have access. You're his elect. So in the persistence and hunger of asking, seeking, knocking, let's read what it says here. And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Say speedily. Say speedily. Speedily. That's a great word. I love that word. That means come on, bring it. Yes. Amen. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, look, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find people that don't lose heart in prayer? You see, there's a tension between the two. I have access, but he's called me to be persistent. I'm called to pray without ceasing. My life's a prayer. I've heard people, my life's a prayer. It's true, but you're still called to pray. 
you're still called to cry out to God. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this region. God, we declare, come on, prophesy to dry bones. Persistence. Prophesy, and when you see the bones start coming together, prophesy a little bit more until they become an army of the living God. God will not give his kingdom to people that are not hungry for it. You guys remember the story of the Gentile woman. Her, her daughter was possessed. She comes to Jesus, and she's like, you know, you know the dogs don't get any bread. And she says, you know, I, I know that that's what I'm called because I'm a Gentile woman, but listen, I just want a crumb, Jesus. Her faith was demonstrated in such a way she was not offended by that. In that time, in that culture, she said, I just want a crumb. Jesus says, look at that faith. That's what I'm talking about. Your daughter's healed. God's looking for a persistent, faithful people that will knock and knock and knock until the door opens up. My little daughter, Hannah, she's so cute. She, every time she goes to a door, she will ring that doorbell like 15 times because she loves the sound. Ding, 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 ding. It's just a type of the heart of a child. And we need to be like that with God. Oh, God, hallelujah. You've given me access, and I'm being persistent until I see this thing into fruition. Don't lose heart. Will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? Some breakthroughs only happen if we go after them with persistent prayer. Not just an inheritance, but going after it, saying, God, I'm, I'm violently, I'm going to take it by force. The scripture says the kingdom, those who suffer violence will take it by force. It's one of the ways we advance the kingdom through prayer is persistence in prayer, prophesying to dry bones. Listen, listen to this. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, get a journal. Persistence is not begging. Please, God. Now, there's a, there's a part of us that's hungry for more. It's not begging, though. He's daddy. He wants to give us good things. He's waiting for us to ask. It's not begging. It's reaching out and obtaining a promise through faith. There's a confidence in it. The Bible says his promises are yes and amen. Not maybe so, yes and amen. The Bible doesn't say his promises are maybe. It says his promises are yes. Oh, that's so good right there. You, you guys should just shout. His promises are yes. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those that are abandoned to everything and totally reliant and hungry and dependent upon God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Do you want, are you hungry this morning? Don't forget God's looking for hungry people. Jesus said, blessed are you if you're hungry. You'll be filled. One time we were having communion at our house. We were praying and burning. It was beautiful. It was just, I can't even express it in words. And we're teaching on communion, how we need to be right with one another, not just right with God. We, we love talking about being right with God, but if, we, if that requires us to forgive somebody, that's a whole other story. But, but we need to get back into that because that's kingdom living is being right with one another. And we're talking about that one of the sisters out of the humility of our heart and the conviction of the Holy Spirit reveals to another sister, I've had aught against you and I'm sorry. And they began to weep together and there was just such a sweet unity. And then the Lord spoke and he said, if you're hungry, you won't have to go hungry. I will feed you. It was this profound moment where God says, if you want more, I'll give you more. And I remember in the very moment, there was such this weighty, tangible presence of God. We were all just kind of like, God, I mean, literally just trembling in his presence. And, and we were so in awe of his grace and his love that he says, if you're hungry, I'll give you bread. 
I love fresh bread from heaven. I love when daddy gives us fresh French bread from Smith's at five o'clock. It smells good. It's soft. Can you, can you imagine it right now? I mean, dude, who, who can pass up that French bread when you're at the store? Isn't it like a free if it's not hot? I always find the cold one, but like, see, it ain't, it ain't hot. How, dude, that's in the spirit. God wants us to be hungry for that. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're empty, then get hungry. Get hungry for the things of God. There's just this tension also with being content and, and pursuing godliness. We're talking about it this week. God wants us to be content and enter his rest, but he also wants us to pursue more. How many know there's more? As a church, we're seeing God do amazing things. We're going to start doing a testimony like blog, and we're going to collect for about a month testimonies from you, physical healings, emotional healings, marriage restorations. Come on, somebody. Dead resurrections. Hello? That sister Lorena was here first service. God raised her up out of her deathbed. It was a miracle. A Muslim doctor said, this is a miracle. She should be dead. I saw her dead with tubes in her. Open her eyes when we're praying for her. We're, we're going to collect these testimonies. As a church, the Bible says, declare the works of the Lord. And we're going to begin to make some videos and just encourage the body. And what will happen is you'll say, if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. And it will just bring more of an explosion of what heaven is doing here on earth. It will bring more of a hunger within us to say, God, there's more. God, there's more. The arrow in this bow of the tension between access and persistence is purity. So we can hit the mark of releasing the kingdom on earth through powerful, anointed prayer. I'm, I, I don't like soulish, dead, religious prayers. They bug me. Shut up. I'm serious. I'm 100% serious. I don't like religious. We need to learn to pray anointed, powerful prayers that moves mountains, that moves God. You move God? Yes, you can move God with your prayers. Just move, bump him on his throne a little bit, and he says, oh, they want something right there. We need to understand that this arrow in this tension between these two things, this understanding is purity. God is looking for pure hearts. What does it mean to have pure intentions when we come and ask God for something? When we come before his throne that we know we have access, we're crying out, but he's looking at our hearts and he's saying, is it pure? What are your intentions, son? What are your intentions, my daughter? I want us to read Hebrews 4.13. The Bible says that he, he discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. His word is like a light. The entrance of his word brings light. It's like a lamp into our feet. If you could put it up there. And Rochelle, I want you to read this out loud. You know, there's areas of our heart. I think sometimes we actually believe God doesn't see them. I think sometimes with our motives and our intents in, in pursuing a relationship with God and pursuing and in prayer, talking to God, like he doesn't realize that as we're praying, we're actually trying to be heard by all the people around us. That's not a sincere prayer. I, I've, I hear it all the time, people praying. It's like they're literally just talking to the people around them. They're not talking to God. And Lord, you know that uh, the other day when I was, and they start telling a story, just pray, talk to God, amen. God knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. Purity is necessary to release the kingdom of heaven on earth. Read it if you would, Rochelle. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eye of him 
to whom we must give an account. To whom we must give an account. God is looking for purity. I want to read you a few verses. Hebrews 10.22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He says, draw near with a sincere heart. That word means not fictional, but the real deal. The real deal. Not a fictional prayer. Not covered and masked by other intentions, but crying out and drawing near with a sincere heart. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, now flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness. This is not just young people. It says, flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. If we're calling on the name of the Lord, we should be doing it from a pure heart. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any excellence in anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. I was thinking about intentions, and as a dad, I have two daughters, and, and they're amazing. I have one that is going to be a teenager in, in, what, two years? Sweet Jesus. And, I, and I, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine and prepare my heart for that moment where she has like a prom date or something. And, and I think I'm going to just make sure that, they, uh, that, that he picks her up at Shane's house. And Shane has a lot of guns. And so I'm, I, I can imagine at stage where we're sitting there cleaning guns. And the kid walks in and he's like, is Sarah here? And we're like, yeah, come sit down. We want to talk to you about your intentions. What are your intentions? I will not give my daughter away to someone that's going to control her. I won't give my daughter away to someone that's going to hurt her. And so it is with the Lord. The Father says, I'm not going to give graces of the Holy Spirit to people that will try to control it and defile it. But I'm looking for pure intentions. God wants to release graces. He wants to understand we have access. He wants us to cry out and not lose heart. And he wants our hearts to be pure so that he can release these things over our life. There is such a great story in 2 Chronicles 16.9, if you get that scripture ready, where King Asa, I, I wish I could take it, the, the A off of the last part of his name because that's pretty much what he was. Um, the dude did some dumb things. He he did some wicked things. And what's interesting is you read the context. We always read this verse that we're about to read, and we read just one part of it. How many know what I'm talking about? We read one verse. But if you don't understand the context, you have to, we have to expositorily teach the Scripture. We have to teach inductive study of the word context, who, what, where, when, why. Otherwise, we'll miss it. It's like the guy who wanted to hear from God, and he's opening the Bible. He's like, God, what are you saying to me? And he opens up, and it says, and Judas hung himself. He's like, oh, God, what are you saying? And then he opens up to another scripture, and it, bam, go and do likewise. You know, if we don't study contextually, we can end up hanging ourselves. We don't want to do that. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Stop for a moment. We always stop there and say, okay, God's looking for a loyal heart. He's looking to and fro, looking for a heart. He's looking at your heart right now. He's looking at all our hearts right now. Is there purity there? Can he find purity? The next part of the verse says this. In this you have done foolishly. We don't want to read that part. 
God's looking for a loyal heart. And then in this, you've done foolishly. In other words, your heart ain't pure here. He's talking to the King Asa, right? And it says, therefore, from now on, you'll have wars. Let me tell you the context really quick, and then we're going to be closing. The king, what he did was he began to rely on his own efforts to make peace in the kingdom. And he did something, it was just so profound as I'm reading this. He took treasure from the temple and he gave it to someone trying to make peace in his own way. Treasure from the temple. He, he was so familiar with the holy things in the temple and the things that were valuable that he thought he could use it for his own gain. Because familiarity will breed dishonor. And that's one thing we have to guard. If we want to keep our hearts pure, don't ever become familiar with the holy things. He's, look, he's looking for a holy bride. He's look, Listen, I'm not talking about self-righteous stuff. I'm talking about living out as a new creation. I'm talking about the relationship I have with daddy. Because he's holy, he, he cleanses me. Holiness is relational. It's not an exterior thing of I do what's right and I'm like this holy robot trying to obtain the law and trying to, no, 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 I'm living in grace. It's easy to live out what his law is if you're living under grace empowered by a Holy Spirit life that's related and hooked up to the Father. But King Asa took the holy things and compromised with the enemy by taking the treasure from the temple and trying to make peace to extend the kingdom in his own way. Wow. Think about that one for a minute. In our prayers, in our, in our attempt to, God, we want to see your kingdom manifest, there's got to be purity. We cannot become too familiar. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, this word pure here is interesting. Is more, it's like the Levitical priesthood pureness, like the washing. Blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, my heart doesn't just become pure overnight. He gives me a new heart. But he, he, he says, you're, you're responsible for your heart. Wherever you point your heart is where you're going to go. If I begin to allow my heart to absorb certain things, and get, it's like a magnet. I mean, just literally, you, you can poison and defile your own heart by absorbing certain things. What you watch, what you hear, who you're around. Your heart is very powerful. It's connected. I mean, we don't realize that, that even in quantum physics, they're saying the heart is so powerful. First of all, it's like the second brain. It actually thinks. So when Solomon said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The, the word of God does not lie. Now science is discovering and actually confirming what God said a long time ago. But the heart is so powerful, they say that a heart can actually change the atmosphere of a whole room. Wow, didn't Jesus say out of your heart will flow rivers of living water? John seven thirty seven. But God has given us a responsibility to keep our hearts pure. He has given us a responsibility to make sure that our hearts are not defiled with things. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart. So this word pure is like this this constant flowing of the rivers of his grace, washing me clean, you know, washing me clean. Sometimes I think we live in this this stagnant water Christianity where, where we don't understand there's rivers of grace. He just wants to flow over us and just wash us clean. That's the, the word pure here. The other word pure that we were reading before, it comes from where we get the word saint. It literally means, if you, if you study the root words of it, it means to have a burning awareness of God and his holiness. Blessed are the pure in heart. And then he says, you know, you need to purify your heart. It's like this burning awareness of his presence. 
that everywhere I go, there's like this, I, I'm walking in it. I'm just walking, and I'm not, I'm not a religious robot. I have this joy in this relationship with God, and he's flowing his grace. He's just pouring down. He's raining down grace for me, and I'm walking an empowered life for heaven's sake. Purity is the arrow in the bow of this, this prayer that we need to learn, this powerful, anointed prayer that we need to learn to release the kingdom of God. We have access. We're called to not lose heart in prayer and be hungry for more of him. And we're called to have a pure heart. I want to close with this verse in Psalm 24, verses 3 through 6. Again, this is one of those, we, we read one part of it, but let's read the context. It says, he who, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord. It's talking about ascending to Zion, the, the place where God's presence is. Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Say clean hands and a pure heart. James said that to the church. He said, purify your hearts. Like you can do this. Wash your heart. You know, there's scriptures in in Revelation that says, wash your robes and those who wash their robes in the blood of the lamb. Almost like this responsibility we have to make sure our hearts are pure. In other words, it's not, we we can pray, God, purify my heart. But he's saying, listen, you have a responsibility. Make sure, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. He says, "Who who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him who seek your face, Selah. God is saying, stop and think about this. This is, you are to be like Jacob and seek my face with a pure heart and clean hands. God wants us to have pure hearts and pure motives in relation to praying this powerful prayer that, that let, me, let me just remind you, never loses its power. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Without agenda. Your kingdom come, God. Whatever that looks like, I want your kingdom to come. For your glory, for your honor. Amen. I want you to stand up with me. We're going to close. Father, we love you. Father, we bless you. We thank you for what you're doing. Please, nobody moving around, nobody leaving. We're going we're gonna to close in prayer. We did it a little bit differently today. We're going to receive the offering at the end. How many know that our offering is worship to the Lord? You know, it's part of worship. It's not, it, it's not excluded from our heart that it's a, it's a place of worship. And so just prepare to give to the Lord in just a moment if you have your tithe and your offering. And I want you to just prepare your hearts. Let it be a, just a, a pleasing worship from your heart that you're just saying, God, I'm just giving as unto you. It's not a religious duty nor an obligation. I'm giving because I love you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to sow seed to further the gospel. That's why we give. It's to sow seed to further the gospel. It's to, to sow into ministry to further the gospel. Amen. Actually, let's do this in a moment. Ushers, be ready. Let's just bring the buckets up here. Let's just bring them up here, and then in a moment we'll release it to do that. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for maybe a few of you that feel like Maybe you, you forgot the access that you have to Daddy's throne. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Or maybe you lost heart and, and you just feel like your faith is dried up. Or maybe there's some things that need to take place. 
in your heart to make it pure again and pure intentions. And, and you know God wants to release things of your life, but he's just waiting for your heart to be ready to steward it. Maybe you need an overhaul, all three. I'm going to tell you, like, like myself, there's, there's all of those areas that I need in my life. I, I want a greater revelation of the access I have. And I, I'm hungry for him. There, there came a point this week we were praying, and I began to pray in the car, and I'm like, I just began to cry out. I'm like, God, I want more. I want more of your presence. We've seen some great things happen, but I want more, God. I want to see people saved, healed, and delivered. I want to see more captives set free. I'm hungry for more. And at the same time, I'm praying, God, you know my heart. I, you know, purify my heart. I want to have pure intentions, pure motives. Wash me with pure water. So I want to ask the Lord right now to just touch some of you and bless you. Those of you that say, you know what, I, that's what I need, that's what I want. Just lift your hands right where you are. I'm not going to do an altar call, just right where you are. I feel like right now in my spirit, there's a couple people that feel like my heart is just wretched. There's no way it can be fixed. And the Spirit of God just spoke to me. He says, he says here's a promise in Ezekiel. He says, I'll give you a new heart. Maybe you don't know Jesus. And he says, I'm going to take the stony heart out. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh I can mold. And you'll walk it with me. You'll walk with me. You'll walk with me. And he's washing you right now. Just ask him if you felt like that was you. And you felt like, oh, my heart is just jacked up. Listen, Jesus can fix you. He can cleanse you. He can wash you. Ask him, say, forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. Wash me in your blood. I want to live for you. Give me a new heart. Ask him, say, give me a new heart, God. Purify my heart. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I pray right now that those that are hungry, that you would come and give them the bread of your presence and your mighty love right now. Lift up your hands and ask him. Say, Lord, I'm hungry for more. Just begin to cry out. Say, I'm hungry for more, God. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. We need more of you in our city. We need more of you in our family. I want more of you in our family, God. I want to have so much bread of your presence and your love and grace that I just give it out to my kids, my wife, and my community, God. You're calling us to just overflow with supernatural love for people. And so we want more, God. And we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to dismiss you, but I want to ask you, as we continue to worship, and you can turn this up, and I want to ask you to bring your offering to the Lord this morning, and, and just as you can, you can just come. Ushers, why don't you dismiss sections and just come. And, and let it be a little bit different this time. Instead of just sitting, here comes the bucket. Lord, I'm bringing this offering as worship to you, amen. So just come, and as the ushers dismiss you, come and bring your offering to the Lord. It's worship. It's just as much worship as waving, shouting, singing, and dancing, and singing to worship you, I live. I worship you with my resources. I worship you and honor you with everything, God. Come, Holy Spirit. As we come and we bring this offering of worship, you inhabit our praise. You inhabit our worship, God. We're coming to just bless you. Amen. Give as unto the Lord as they dismiss you, saints. We pray encouragement and blessing. We pray blessings over your finances. We don't give to get, but we know that there's promises in the Scripture that says if you sow abundantly, you're going to reap abundantly. So I pray blessings over your people, Lord, as they give. 
as they sow seed into your kingdom. I thank you for it, Lord. We declare for those that own businesses, Lord, just for supernatural increase over their businesses. God, for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, let's be generous. Let's, off, let's just give to the Lord. We don't ever do this, saints. We don't ever do this. Maybe there'll be a time where we're such a giving people, we don't even need to receive offerings like normal churches. But we just give to the Lord. We just give to God because we love Him. Hallelujah. Take your time and bring your offering to the Lord. Those of you that have given and you go back to your seats, just worship and pray with me as we, as we close this time together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody here that I feel this in my heart. There's somebody here that has gone through a, uh, a divorce. And I, and I feel this in my heart. Like you're, you're just broken. You're just broken. And God, he just, he hears the cry of your heart. And maybe that's why I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me this. That, and I want to pray for, maybe there's more than one person. But I feel like there's a, there's a, a man here. And a middle-aged man. And you're just, your heart's broken. And I'm not referring to anyone. In, I'm, I really feel like just in my heart right now, there's someone here. You're middle-aged and you're broken because of a divorce. And you feel like, God, my heart is just broken. And I want to pray the healing grace of God over you. Would you just close your eyes, saints, and begin to pray right now? I really felt like the Lord just stopped me right now to just pray for somebody. God hears the cry of your heart. If you feel like you have this broken heart because of a broken relationship, I want you to just slip up your hand because we want to pray for you. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to. It's, it's not about the divorce. If there's just something and you're just broken, just slip up your hand. Nobody looking around. Nobody looking around. Just slip up your hand between you and God. Yeah, that's it. You can put your hand down. Wow, the Lord showed me who it was, and they raised their hand. I, I didn't want to look over there, but the Lord showed me who it was, and I don't know this person. And, and he does that for a reason. But listen, I want to pray right now. Between you and the Lord, I want to just, oh, right now, saints, I want everyone just to pray. Father, I pray for, for these individuals. I pray for this man, God. You literally just stopped and said, I love this man. I want you to pray for him. His heart is broken. So we release healing grace over him right now, God. I pray for the wounds that have been caused from the tearing of covenants, Lord. God sees your broken heart, son. He sees your broken heart, daughter, and he says, I love you. I'm pouring healing grace. If wherever you are, just lift your hands and receive it now. And if you responded to this altar call or this word of knowledge, I want you to receive his love. Let him embrace you right now. Lay, the, lay hands on the person next to you. Just put your hand on their shoulder right now. Put your hand on their shoulder and say, Lord, bring total healing and total restoration. Lord, release your presence right now. Release your presence right now. Hallelujah. You heal the broken heart. Lord, we pray now against the consequences of these wounds. Heal our hearts. Yesterday we were having a women's meeting and 
we're talking about restoration and beauty for ashes and Karen comes up and shares and she says, you know, not only will he give you beauty for ashes, he'll restore all the years that you've lost. Come on. All the years, the locusts and the worm, all the, you know, the things that just eat us away over the years of making bad decisions. God says, I'm going to restore all the time lost. Wow, what a promise. We thank you for it, Lord. We love you so much, God. We love you so much, God. You're so good. So I bless your people now. And I just pray supernatural increase over their lives in these areas of prayer. They have access. And they're hungry for more. Their hearts are pure. Hallelujah. God is so good. And I'm just, I, I can just sense his presence so strong right here. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful? Come on and seal it with praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. If anyone didn't get a chance to give, you can give to the ushers and they'll make sure it goes in the offering. We did a little different today. I hope that's okay. It was not our intention. Just felt like getting right into the word and and we did it. Amen. And guess what? It's 1223, so I'll get you out a little early today. I want to really implore you before I dismiss you, saints, the, tw- the 19th and the 20th, turning the hearts. Say, turning the hearts. I want you to read Malachi 4, 6 and begin to pray for this conference. Begin. Some of you, maybe the Lord will call you to fast. I, I, in my spirit, I feel like God wants me to fast so I can hear real clear in, in just direction, you know? And I, and I believe maybe someone... Maybe you feel led to do that. But pray Malachi 4, 6. Pray for Dr. Larry Titus. Pray for the 19th and the 20th. It's going to be awesome. And men, are you all ready to have a good time in L.A.? Come on. We got about, I think, 15 or 16 men going down there. Come on, somebody. And, man, we are, and Larry is just so happy to, to, to have us and see us and We're so honored. Amen. So we love you guys. If you need prayer for anything, prayer counselors, please come up here. I want to open it up because there's just a grace flowing right now. I don't want to miss anything. Amen. Altar workers, come turn around. Anyone that needs prayer, we're going to have afterglow time right over here. If you just bring it over here to the right where Dana and Nene are. Just come on over here. And right over here, we're going to have prayer. So anyone that needs prayer, come. And anyone that wants to be dismissed, you may be dismissed. We love you. God bless you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.